0: Today, I have a strange message. Um, It's a strange title. I didn't like it, you know. But, I mean, it's just like with ministering to the young lady that I ministered to. Um, I was like, Lord, okay, if I'm supposed to give a word to her, you've got to give me a word for the other girl. This is just our stupid way of thinking. You know, because her friend had come with her Wednesday night. I don't want her to feel bad. You know, and don't ever feel bad if you don't get a word. You know, this God, you have God picks and chooses seasons that he deals with us all. Okay, same way that you're going to get married today. Someone else is going to get married tomorrow. God picks and chooses times and seasons. But because the young lady is newer, I didn't want her to feel bad. Like, well, man, God didn't say anything to me. So I'm telling her, Lord, you need to tell me something. I'm trying to think, well, can I just say something nice to her, positive to her? He wouldn't give me nothing because the girl wasn't going to be here. So you got to, you know, just, you know, we get our act together. So I didn't like this title, and 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 I tried to get around it. And Lord was like, "You uncomfortable with the title? I'm not." <laughs> so, so uh, so it's a strange title. We're going to talk about something serious. Um, this is going to transform your love walk. Your judgment is going to transform everything. Okay. So the title of the message is uh, "Salvation by Suicide," and. Uh, Let me read to you uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, verse 14 through 16. Uh, This is a, it's not a sad story. There are parts of it that are sad, but it is a love story. And you'll see that as we go all the way through. Matthew 26, 14 through 16. It says, then one of the 12 named Judas uh, went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me to portray Jesus to you? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver to him. And from then on, he began looking for a good opportunity to portray Jesus. So, as you know, Judas was one of the 12 disciples, and uh, he was with Jesus for three years. Um, somebody might need to close that back. John, close that back door for me because I hear some speech. He was with Jesus for three years, he was doing miracles. Uh, Judas handled the money of his ministry, and um, and yet uh, he did have a problem in one area, and that is Judas, he, uh, he uh, coveted money. He had a lust for money. The Bible says that that uh, Judas was always stealing the money, but they had so much, so the disciples didn't know it. And it said that Jesus knew that he was stealing it, but didn't say anything for three years, which is as interesting. Um, that's a side note, but I, I don't want to get into that. Uh, but here we read here that Judas looked for an opportunity um, when he realized that he could get paid, he looked for an opportunity to betray Jesus. And there are a lot of people that have taught that Judas is in hell because of it, and I disagree, uh, I solely disagree. I know a lot of people, how many of you have heard that when you commit suicide, that you go to hell? And, and it's unfortunately that uh, fortunate that a lot of people believe that. And, um, um, but I'm going to prove to you today that that is entirely untrue and is entirely unscriptural. Now, where, first of all, nowhere in the Bible does it say if a person commits suicide that they go to hell. Someone will say, well, the Bible says thou shalt not kill. Yes. In the Hebrew, it says thou shalt do no murder, premeditated. Because in Ecclesiastes, it said there's a time to kill. Okay. So, so you got to be careful. Now, you know, and, and listen to the whole thing before you all get some ideas in your head. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, but you can't just say that because somebody committed suicide that they go to hell. It was the condition of their heart before that happened. Neither the condition of their mind. Any ever, any of you ever read a scripture that said God looks upon the mind? You say that It says God looks upon the what? The heart, the heart. OK, um, uh, even when it was called when David was called to be king, you know, uh, uh, God told the prophet, don't look on all of these guys appearance because God doesn't see like man sees. He looks upon the heart, not the appearance. So I'm going to read to you a passage of Scripture where I do not believe that Judas is in hell. Matthew chapter 27, 1 through 5. We know that Jesus, that Judas, he uh, betrayed Jesus. Talking a little slower. I got a few things whirling around. Um, but in Matthew 27, 1 through 5, it says, Now when morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pilate, the governor. Then when Judas who had betrayed him saw that he had been condemned. He felt remorse. King James says that he repented. He felt remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You handle your business. And then in verse 5, it says that he threw the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary and departed, and he went away and hanged himself. And so so the key here is, is that everybody focuses on he hanged himself, but nobody focuses on his heart attitude before he hung himself. He was deceived by the devil. The Bible says that in order for Judas to do this, it says that Satan entered into him. Now, he opened up the door by stealing. See, the problem, whenever you get over in the sin and you continue, you open up the door for Satan to enter you. Yes, yes, yes. And then he completes something that you never even wanted to start. Yes. And so here you have this scenario where I don't want to bring up that scripture. You know, if you need to see it, just let me know. I'll text it to you later on because, you know, I don't preach nothing in ain't scriptural. And so but here Judas was deceived by the devil and then he got too far out there. Satan entered his heart and he did something. He ended up betraying the son of God that gave him the power to do miracles. Um, And when he realized what he had done, um, if any of you saw the passion of the Christ, you will remember a scene. There was a scene where it showed you Satan came out of Judas and then he realized what he had done. And he could not believe. Look, if you had been Judas. I don't know if you would have been able to handle that either. Handle that either, okay? So it says that he repented, and let me give you the definition of repent. Um, Luke seventeen three through four. We know that it's all type of scriptures all over the Bible it talks about repent for the day the Lord has had. Repent for your sins, etc. Luke seventeen three through four. It says, "Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him." If he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. Everybody say, help me, Lord. Lord. That's hard. That's a lot. But the definition of repent, and I forgot to give it to him. I'll just read it to you. This is the actual scriptural definition of repent. It means to change your mind, to change your mind for the better. A feeling of heartfelt regret with the desire to amends one's past moral failure. That's the definition of repent. In other words, God is saying, when you repent, you simply say, okay, I believe that it was okay for me to do this over here. Now I'm changing my mind and I'm making the decision to go over here. So this man repented. And then, even after he repented, how many of you have asked God to forgive you of something? And even though the scripture is clear, 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, I will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Another scripture says, I will remember your sins no more. I will cast them as far as the east is from the west. How many times, how many, no matter how many times I preached the story of the woman that was caught in adultery and how Jesus said, nobody condemned you, neither do I, just don't do it again. It's done and over with, move forward. No matter how many times you hear that, when you mess up and you ask God to forgive you, how many you feel? like the next day he didn't forgive you. That's why you tiptoe around stuff, you drive the speed limit, you're waving at everybody because you're trying to almost kind of work your way into forgiveness that he already forgave you for. Okay, so, so it's possible for you to repent, but in your mind, you can't handle what you did. Okay, so I'm going to read you an article. I'm going to share a story with you, and I have permission From the sister, I won't mention the name. Some of you know who it is. I won't mention names because it will be on the recording. I don't want to give people any license in the future for anything. Okay, But we have a lady who is a a member of our church. And the Holy Spirit spoke to her and told her, I need you to go get your sister from another state and bring her here. And so she did. She went to that other state, brought her sister here. And when she brought her sister here, she said she was praying the Holy Spirit, said, I now need you to take her to church to the Riverdale location. So she brought the young, her sister to the church, the Riverdale location. And I remember the first day that the girl was there. Um, I remember it because as I was preaching, I would glance over at her in the audience, and she was kind of, she kept her head down, but just up enough where she could look at me like this. This is how she was at whole service. So, so she turned over here and she do like this looking at me. So, so I didn't know at the moment. I, I knew what was going on. I, mean, I know that look. That look is, okay, now I thought all preachers was fake. All our preachers was phony, but I feel something different here. And so when you talk to a young lady after we ministered to her, you know she came a second time and uh, she gave her life to Christ. Uh, we got her baptized with the Holy Spirit, um, even casted a few unclean creatures out of her that manifested and uh, she was on the path. I would call her from time to time. We would talk, and she called me one time because she had spent a long time reading the Bible. And she said, I don't know what this is, but she said, something came out of me. And, and it scared her. Something came out of me. And, and so she was praying, and, and then she wasn't able to come here for a while because of her situation. Um, and so uh, my wife had ministered to her. Um, and so we've been talking to her. And then uh, last week, uh, she took a gun and shot herself in the head. And so, uh, um, so I'm going to read to you a story. Um, and of course, you know, um, I've gotten a few phone calls that I will keep quiet, but because people don't understand, um, I'm, the, the the relative gave me license because uh, some people they are like. Look, I want to use this to help people. There are some situations that are horrific in nature, but the full story will end up turning many to righteousness. Okay. And so, so I want to share something with you. Now you're going to have to brace yourself. I want to share something with you to help you understand this statement that you have heard me say over and over again. As human beings, we look at the fact that a person sinned. God looks at the reason why they did it. So that's why the Bible says don't judge by the appearance. Don't judge before the time. Because God said over and over again, he said, you don't see like I see. He said, you know, you know y'all got to turn on the light in the dark. He said, but for me, the dark and the light is the same. I don't see like y'all see. So I'm going to read to you something that they sent me. Um, now, um, this this no problem. It's not me sharing private information or anything. Because when, when uh, with the state that she was living in, she was living and she was um, in a, les- a full-blown lesbian relationship. She came here, gave her life to Christ. I didn't talk about that at first. I got her, got her life to Christ, and then we started asking questions. I still brought that, brought that up. She realized that it was wrong, and she began to try to make steps away from it. Um, uh, individuals tried to pull her back into it, and that became a battle. But I want to read to you her story. So, so I want to read to you. She had sent something to a company that provides, like, debt relief. And it require you to write a letter. Um, now, as we put the pieces together, this is not inflammatory at all. Y'all ready? Amen. Amen. Hi, my, this is the letter that she wrote to the company. Hi, my name is such and such. I'm a certain amount of year. I'm a 34-year-old female born in Atlanta, Georgia. I currently live in such and such city with my partner that I am in a committed same-sex marriage to. My partner will be having a baby boy in June of 2011 due to the trauma I went through beginning as a child. I am unable to bear my own children. I want you to see how, what I want you to see here as I get ready to read this, I want you to see how the Lord knew that this girl was going to commit suicide. And he provided a window of escape because God ain't interested in so much of your life as he is your eternity. I was married to an abusive man that I tried a lot to have children for, thinking his behavior would change. I ended up going through 14 pregnancies before the age of 25, and they all ended in miscarriage or stillbirth. The cause is still unknown. Now I have so many issues with my female organs that it makes me feel less than a woman, which is kind of like, you she just opens the door to kind of try to turn you into a man. I was raped and molested from 8 years old off and on until my divorce from my husband in 2002 because he was one of the many men and women that took advantage and violated me. Since I was diagnosed at 8 years old, I have been categorized categorized as dyslexic, schizophrenic, that suffers from schizoaffective disorder, paranoia, mood disorder, and multiple personalities. As a child from birth until the age of eight, I had a speech problem and could not talk. I was in special education in school and had to be taken to speech therapy. Because I was unable to talk for those first eight years, this allowed for a lot of sexual abuse and neglect from my family. I now have added to my list over the years diabetes type 2 and seizure disorder, not to mention very bad asthma. We know that because the first time she came to service, she had a seizure right during the service. Um, On top of all of that, I am always depressed as I also have depression and anxiety. Because of all the sexual abuse, molestations, mental, emotional, physical abuse, and also neglect from my family and having no friends growing up, my depression and other disorders have spiraled down into a dump. To this day, no one ever believed me because they told me it was the people in my head and I was a liar. I tried to commit suicide before I graduated high school. I went away to such-and-such state college, and at this place, I was part of ROTC, and that's where I met my ex-husband. My ex-husband turned out to be all of the people I was running from all rolled up into one ball times ten. Because he was in the military, after we got married, we were stationed in such-and-such country, which took me far away from anyone I knew. This was both good and bad because I I was always alone for weeks and months at a time, when my husband went on duty, I had no choice but to keep company with the voices in my head. My depression really began to spiral out of control. When my husband returned, he would force me to be a part of his nasty sexual behaviors with other men and women and groups, whether I was pregnant or not. When I would not do it, I was beaten up or I was whipped with a belt like a child until I bled. I tried again to take my life. <laughs> ah, Chicago I got something for you, Satan. Oh. Oh. Ah. Mm. Ah. When I tell you I wish Satan would bring his entire army to my front door, I will destroy them all, regardless of who helps me or not. I tried again to take my life, and it didn't work. He beat me because I made him take me to the hospital. We divorced in such and such a year. Since 2003, I have been getting Social Security income. And I've struggled with paying all my bills and managing my debt. I take a lot of medication on a daily basis. And that helps me to keep <clears throat> me under control. I get SSDI to help me with medication and doctor's bills that have been the least of my worries. Because my medication is at least 5000 a month. There's no way I can afford it. I keep trying to pay my bills, but with not working, only getting... SSDI, I'm barely making it. I really do want to go get back into school and continue with my goals to become a social worker in the criminal justice field, helping children suffering from disabilities like myself. Over the last seven years, my partners and my family have taken advantage of me financially. Thank you. My credit is less than poor because of all of the things family and friends have done while using my name or misleading me into doing some things I don't understand. The stress of my money issue led me to try to take my life many times and also made me so depressed and paranoid. If I could get out of my financial trouble and be able to face a day without a bill collector calling or having a shutoff notice on my door, maybe my depression would go away. I I would be able to focus on my future in criminal justice. My family notices a change in me when I'm working or in school. I really want to get back into school. I really need to be able to pay off my debt or at least get some of the money problems fixed. I'm looking for a grant to help me get out of debt and help pay for school, help me with my daily needs and expenses. I know it's hard to show you how my life has been or for you to put yourself in my shoes. Because the truth is, nobody will ever know what I go through on a daily basis. No one will ever be able to help me. No one will ever be able to walk in my shoes, but with the help of this grant, even though I won't be able to change the shoes God has given me, maybe my walk will be a little bit easier. Thank you for your consideration. Apologize for that outburst. I thought I was going. To, i read this three times. I thought I was going to be fine. And <clears throat> so this is what's out here on the street why the church won't walk in love. Because yeah. the girl told me to my face. She said, "It's the first, She said, "It's the first church I've ever been to." She said, "Where the pastor and the congregation uh, saw me and not what I did." You know, I don't think she'll mind me sharing this, but uh, Toya, the young lady over here, you know. Hope, not Toya. I don't know why I called the girl Toya. You know, she was letting me know last week. She said, just to show you importance, how love is. She said, she said, I've been a part of other ministries, and she said, I got more hugs and attention from this congregation one time than I did at the entire time at another place. And people are looking for love. So, so my question is, I want to know how many of you think you could have dealt with all that crap. We can't take it reading it. Imagine experiencing it. I'm, you know, you know me. I was like, I wanted to go look for a husband. So, so when this girl put a bullet in her head, all you see is the bullet. God sees all of this. He sees that this girl has been through so much crap, oh, she's going to take her life again. But we're going to make sure that we open up a window so that when she takes it, she'll be at home in eternity with us. See, and I mentioned something last Sunday. Whether you lie or not about it, almost every person, if not every person in this room, you have contemplated, maybe not some of the children if they come from a great home, but uh, most people have contemplated suicide. It ran through your mind. okay? If you say it didn't run through your mind, this means that you weren't doing anything. Because if you're doing anything for Christ, the devil's going to make sure they run it through your mind. I remember one day I was sitting on the edge of the bank trying to think of how I could rob a bank. I'm like, where is this coming from? <laughs> See, and here's the thing, is that I'm trying to get you to understand why love is so important why judgment is important and why wisdom is important. Because because all of us have been in a situation where we were getting ready to do something really crazy. For some people, you were getting ready to rob a bank. For somebody, you were getting ready to carjack, steal a car. Some of you get ready to cheat on. But all of you, you how many of you have been a, in a situation where you really felt like you were getting ready to lose it? Lift your hands. You really felt you were going to get ready to lose it. Okay? And watch this. How many of you, when you got to that state, you did something really, really stupid that after you did it, you wish you could have went back and reversed it? Okay, same thing here. She just took one step further than you did. Okay, so so this is what I mean by the level of evil that is out here that most of the body of Christ just don't know how to deal with, don't know how to deal with it. So this is also, you know, we were talking to uh, Garnett and Frenzy and John and Teresa about it here a few days. Uh, this is, So when we introduce to you something called deliverance and inner healing, this is what it's for. Is that we have a team that goes out there and gets them. Then they bring them in. We have another team that has to clean them up. Because, see, I, I didn't know this much gunk was in this girl. I have to be told that week. I didn't know it was that deep. Because when people have been in an environment for their entire life where every person has betrayed them. It doesn't matter how much love you walk in as a pastor or at a congregation. They're going to only let their guard down in degrees. In degrees. In degrees. There are people that, are members that have been members of the church and they didn't share something with us for three years. They watched us for three years to see how we carried ourselves to see if they could trust us with their innermost deep, dark, secret sin before they shared it with us. Because they didn't want... To be, con- they are, you already feel bad. Then you share it with the reverend, and then he puts you into the ground even further. Yes. So that's that's what I'm telling y'all. This is what I'm here, and 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 you have to be able to look into a situation. And there are some people that God will allow them to do something because He's trying to get everybody to heaven. God ain't concerned about all of the crap through you go through on this planet. And there are some people that they're born into bad situations, very bad situations. And, and and you know, so I got to minister to the family because the service is on Tuesday. And, and the Lord, I'm praying. So when, remember that crazy funeral I did and the Lord was preparing me weeks out? Yeah, I don't know whether it be five of them or whether it be four, I don't know. But the Lord already told me, he said, when you minister at the service, he said, there will be an individual. Now, it could be more. Sometimes we'll say an individual is more. He said, there will be an individual in the service that is a molester. And you need to explain that there is forgiveness for him as a molester if he will repent. Because you may not like this, and I don't. Because I'm a gangster like that. My thing is, let me find. I'll go where the husband is. Let's go find him, get a group of guys together. We need to take this fool out. That's, how, that's my current, that's the flesh. Everybody say the flesh. Yes. Y'all better be glad I'm a praying man. I'd be in jail already. <laughs> but the truth be told is, as a horrific, her husband pull her into orgies with men and women and beating her, guess what? The Lord is still trying to get him saved. Yes. Yes. It's, yes. And, and we don't like that. And if you don't like that, it's only because there is a measure of darkness in you. Jesus didn't die for squeaky clean folk, y'all. He died for everything. That man went to hell for us. He went and paid the ultimate sacrifice. The Bible says that when Jesus was on the cross, it says that every sickness and disease that ever has, did, and ever will exist was all placed on him at the same time. So the diseases that weren't even created yet were placed on him. That's the price he paid just for sickness and disease. That's something that we're going to be teaching on here soon. Um, So I just wanted to share that with you because now you understand the statement of God didn't look at what she did. He looked at why she did it. Because I'm, I'm sorry. You can only see this type of trauma. It builds up. It builds up. It builds up. And then you end up with something else that we're going to have to be addressing in the future is mental illness. Where your mind snaps into a mold that is the equivalent of your body having cancer. And it'll go back and forth. And, 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 and medication will maintain it, but over time will make it worse. And and so that's why, you know, a lot of these guys that that have all of these PhDs and psychiatrists and psychologists, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, but their final answer is to give you medication and then put you in a place with a whole bunch of other people that's got the same problem. And it ends up being a hotbed of people who have been locked into a place because nobody can help them, and the main individuals who are supposed to help them won't pay no type of price because they stuck in church prophesying and slapping each other all day long. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. But, y'all, if you want to see the real power of God, if you want to really see uh, God open up heavens, start taking all of this stuff we preach out on the street. Yeah. I thought, well, Albert was supposed to be here. He must have went out there early. Albert spent three and a half hours driving one way just to get some CDs to give out free at a festival when he goes to minister today. Three and a half hours one way just to get some CDs because it was too late for them to send them. He spent so much time in traffic, he got there late. He called the individuals and they said, we'll set them outside the door. He said, please don't do that. Please meet me at this gas station. The guy said, I'll meet you at the gas station if you give me $10. He meets Albert at the gas station, gives him all the CDs, and, and, and Albert started ministering to guy. He said, what you going to do with all these CDs? He said, give them away. He said, the guy said, that's the problem with you Christians. He said, do you realize how much money you can make with these CDs? <clears throat> so Albert went the ministry mode. He said, dude, you don't even understand. He said, what's your spiritual lease? He said, well, I believe in God. He said, what do you believe about Jesus? Listen to what the guy said. I don't believe he's the son of God, but I believe he was God in the flesh. Dude, you're just as so confused as a dog in a hubcap factory. <laughs> he wasn't the son of God, but he was God in the flesh. And God said, oh, man, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. When I were to my I said, that's the same clown I ran into to try to tell me why my website wasn't nothing. I said, you must be crazy if you think my website ain't nothing. You know, people think they all that. But see, see, when you don't really love people and when you don't really have the love of God in your heart, you ain't about to spend three and a half hours on the road burning up all your gas and buying CDs with your own money to go and give it out to people who might throw it in the trash. So there is a huge love problem in the church. Huge. And everybody who has a love problem thinks they walk in love. Y'all, because you go to church and you give your sister or your brother a hug, that ain't love. Okay, they, okay. Some people, the only reason why they give because they think God is going to curse their finances if they don't give. That's not love. <laughs> love is when you give. If God never gives, you a dime back. That's love. Okay? A lot of individuals who think they're walking in love, all of their actions prove that they really don't love God. Because when you will love God for real, you will sell out, even if it means you can't eat. Remember what David said? He said, he said I consider the things of God above my necessary food. Let's look at a couple more. Jonah 4, 5 through 11. I just want to show you three individuals that the entire body of Christ pretty much knows about Jonah, Elijah, and Moses. All three of them asked God to kill them. And it wasn't figurative. Jonah 4, 5. Now, when you read Jonah, God told Jonah, I need you to go to this entire city and preach to them. Jonah wouldn't do it. So, you know the story. He ended up running. You know, he, he they, uh, see. let me just give you all the story. Jonah ran from God's calling. When God has called you to do something, you can run all you want to. It's just going to be trouble for you and everybody you attach yourself to. It says Jonah tried to run from his call, jumped on a ship trying to go to another country. And it says when he got on the ship, God caused a whole storm to come, a hurricane on the water. And the headmaster on the ship said, which one of y'all done done something stupid? So they drew straws and Jonah came up late. And they said, dude, dude, no, no. And guess what the consensus was? The only way for us to make it, all of us, so all of us won't kill, we got to throw this dude overboard. That's why you can be careful who you attach yourself to. When somebody else is out the will of God and they attach themselves to you, you end up trouble with trouble because they are the will of God. They can be religious, they can be a Christian, they can be a sinner. There are sometimes you need to be in a relationship with an unbeliever before a Christian. There are some unbelievers who have more integrity than some Christians. You can't base any of that. Just because they got Holy Ghost plumbing service on the back of their van, don't mean that they ain't gonna take your money. <laughs> but tell them, dudes, half now and the other half when the job is done. That's for somebody. I say stuff all the time. People are like, man, I was listening to the media page and I was right getting ready to make a decision and it said a Holy Ghost plumber service and I said, get out. <laughs> okay, so Jonah runs. You know, he gets thrown in a well. He repents. If a, if, a, if a shark swallowed you, you repent too. So he goes and preaches and says, y'all, God is getting ready to destroy the whole city. And the Bible says that when the head king heard that, it says he repented, and it says he put the whole city on a fast. He said nobody, and go back and read it. He said nobody can eat or drink anything. You, your wife, your kids, he said including the animals. No, put all, all the animals on a fast. <laughs> go back and read it. He said nobody is, t- that, that's called repenting, changing your mind. And so guess what? God changed his mind about destroying the city because they repented. And guess what? The religious dude got mad because God didn't destroy We We go back and read the story. So Jonah is mad. He goes out here in the desert. Now he's depressed and we'll pick up with that. And verse 5, Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. There he made a shelter for himself and sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen in the city. There's some preachers, they just want God to kill everybody. Bring judgment, God. Send them all the way to hell. Y'all remember when those two dudes said to Jesus, they said, Lord, they came against us. Should we call down fire and kill them all? And Jesus was like, hey, hey, <laughs> y'all don't know what spirit y'all are. I didn't come to destroy people. I came to save them. <laughs> only reason why we will destroy you is that that's the only reason we can save you. So the Lord God appointed a plant and it grew up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from his discomfort because he's upset because God wouldn't destroy the city. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. But then the next day God appointed a worm when dawn came the next day and it attacked the plant and it withered. When the sun came up, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on Jonah's head. Watch this. So that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying death is better to me than life. See, now notice it said he became faint, okay? His mind got off, and, this, and that's not the first time he did it. You go back and read the previous verses. He had already been asking God to kill him. Here, he said, "He can you imagine when you're, do you know what it means to beg with all of your soul? It means your mind, your will, and emotions are in your desire. Kill me. Please kill me. See, some people want God to kill them because they're too afraid to do it themselves. Verse 9, God said to Jonah, do you have a good reason to be angry about the plant? And he said, I have a good reason to be angry even to death. Then the Lord said, let me get this right. You had compassion on the plant for which you did not work and which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. Shouldn't I have compassion on this city, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 people who do not know the difference between their right and left as well as many animals? See, he's like, dude, your mentality is off. You upset and going into further depression and because you upset because the plant died, but you want me to kill 120,000 people. And then got the nerve to say, kill me, because I told the people that it was going to happen, and it didn't happen. Just kill me, Lord. Would his whole soul, kill me. Numbers 11, 13 through 15. We love Moses because Moses was the meekest man in the entire planet. Moses asked God to kill him too. I'm just showing you how all of the men of God that we revere so highly, they all got off. They were just too scared to do it themselves. Where am I to give meat to all of these people? For they weep before me saying, give us meat that we may eat. I alone, here we go. See, when you're by yourself, am not able to carry all this people. The burden has gotten too big because it is too burdensome for me so if you are going to deal with me like this please kill me at once if I have found favor in your sight and do not, not, do not let me see my wretchedness and these men they didn't play games with God when they said something they meant it because there's another scene where the Bible says Moses Moses went from one extreme to the other yet he was meek. he went from saying God look I can't see this, watch this when people commit suicide why do they do it because they can't take it anymore Listen to the man's prayer. He said, this thing is just too big for me, man. And the last thing he said was, kill me so I don't see my own wretchedness in this thing. In other words, it's about to get worse for me, and I don't want to get so far gone, just kill me now. Hey, God rebuked him and everything. 1 Kings 1 through 4. Here's Elijah. This one is most ridiculous. Elijah just got through having a contest with 400 other guys, and they lost. After they lost the contest, he then killed all 400 prophets because they were false. Then the wife, how many of you know, it's only one thing crazier than a pastor, a crazy first lady. How many are glad we don't have a crazy first lady, a vindictive, catty, word about you trying to take over first la- man? That's worse than the pastor. So the man just killed 400 people, and when the king's wife threatened him, he ran like a little girl. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and now he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and even more. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, this time, you dead tomorrow. He just killed 400 people. Watch this, verse 3. And he was afraid and arose and ran for his life came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down under a tree. I don't know what it is about these trees. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it's enough, Lord. I can't take it no more. Take my life, for I'm not better than my father's. These are all men that were operating under the same influence as people that commit suicide. The difference is they were too scared to do it, so they asked God to do it for them. I'm just showing you how real this is. Mm -hmm. I'm just showing you how real this is. And unfortunately, I believe that uh, this doctrine was uh, started by the Catholic Church. And uh, there are many Catholic believers, but in that particular area, they are dead wrong. Uh, They're just dead wrong because, um, um, because God looks at the reason why someone did it. See, when the Bible says about accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, notice it said that if you believe that in your what heart, didn't say nothing about your mind. If you believe this in your heart, there are some people who love God in their heart. There are some people that have accepted Jesus Christ in their heart, but they will get in a situation and their mind snaps and they do something stupid. Those individuals do not, and I'm sure they're going to have everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, they're going to have a few individuals going to be like, brother, you're out of order, and all that type of stuff. Yeah, but see, you the type of individual trying to send them to hell. Mm-hmm. Jesus did not go to hell so that he could try to send us there as easy as possible. Right. This makes no sense whatsoever. You're going to go to hell for us so that you can come back and create a system so that you can look for us for any reason you can get us to go to the place that you already paid for us not to go to. That doesn't make any sense to me, but that's how stupid religion is. So Jesus fought with the religious people, okay. So I noticed, you know, and that's pretty much it. I ain't got nothing else to share. I did have a second one, but because next week we're gonna finish this by talking about once saved, always saved, because that's another big argument in the body of Christ. When I give my life to Christ, I mean, is it just that one time, and then I can just go out here nilly willy and do whatever I want to? And, and there are some people that teach, no, it's not one saved, always saved. And there are some people who said that no matter what you do, you can be a drug dealer, and, and as long as you accept Jesus Christ. But one of the things that I've learned, y'all, is that Scripture interprets Scripture. God is not stupid. Jesus is not stupid. They put enough word in here for us to just read it and come to a clear understanding without having to have some reverend, some apostle, your grandmother that's so close to Jesus, you have coffee with him every morning, your uncle. None of that. That's a dickhead of the church. We don't need all of them opinions. Just give me what the book says because when I stand before God, none of you is, I'm going to stop that in a couple of weeks. I'm about to get, I'm, 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 I'm wearing it out. I know what my wife is going to tell me, so I'm waiting on it. Okay, time for you to move on to something else. But, but none of you will be standing there. I'm not going to be able to, and you're not going to be able to say, well, when the Lord tells you, well, how come you do this? Yes. Well, Pastor Otha said, uh-huh. Creflo Dollar said, uh-huh. Joe Osteen said, and uh-huh. hey, be like, yeah, they behind you, they in trouble in the same line with you. <laughs> the Bible says you're going to be written out of everything written in here. Everything written in here. Okay, so, so, so that was important for me to share, just that one thing. So that when we go out here, because we're going out on the street, more and more, we got people out there right now. When you go out here, I almost when I remember the guy I told you? Remember the guy I told you I was gonna see him? Came right here this morning. He would happen to be walking right across the parking lot. And I didn't want them, know, come here. He thought he was in trouble. He said, man, I ain't even do nothing. That's literally what it is. He said, I didn't do nothing. He said, I'm telling you, I didn't do nothing. I'm not out here doing nothing wrong. I don't know if it was because I have a, a. they used to have police vans that looked like that, and it was blue, and I was, you know, today I'm dressed up because I got to do a wedding at three, so I don't know. He, he just put his head. hey, man, I, I didn't do nothing. He said, hey, man, let me talk to you for a second. And so I was, uh, just, I just, I planted a seed and then got his phone number, because I didn't have, I didn't have time. To, I had to really get here and do something for J.D. You know, but, but these people are out here, and they are holding on by a thread. And the thread is called grace and mercy because the stuff that this girl went through, you can't go through anything like that and still be sane all of this time unless there was something holding you until a particular moment. Because the girl tried to get herself several times before. She already tried to do it. How come it never worked? Because she wasn't ready to go to heaven. And the Lord sees that that we got to get this girl. And see, this is why you got to be really, really Careful about when the Lord tells you to minister to somebody. Okay? Your 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 and, and your lateness and and oh now the Lord can send somebody across your path, but this is what you're dealing with. Is the Lord out here using people? Gotta get I saw a wonderful uh it was a rock and roll video. Oh, no problem. It was a rock and roll video, and and um, it's one of the sweetest videos I've ever seen. And and it was this guy like an angel and he's walking around the city of New York and every single person that's walking on the street, they have an electronic timer above their head and the timer is counting down and and the timer is counting down and when it gets to zero, you're getting ready to have an experience that's going to take your life out of the planet. So he's walking around looking at all of the timers on everyone's head to determine who he needs to rescue. So like he walks past one guy And the timer got to, right before it got to zero, he caught the guy because the guy was getting ready to step out into the curb and get hit by a truck. So he saved him and pulled him back. And so all of us got a timer. All of us got a timer. Now, if you're in the kingdom, the timer has been promised if you follow a particular path. But for people that's come out of that's in darkness, that timer is counting down. And the Lord will give you a command. Go to this state and bring your sister here, here we go. I don't want to spend the money, Lord. What if she doesn't come, Lord? I don't already. I already don't have two niggas to run together. Do you realize how much that's going to cost? And 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 she drove, and it was on the west coast. She was kind. Of, she was in contact with me when they drove back because it took them like three, or four days just to drive back. That's a lot of gas money. That's a whole lot of bunch of stuff. Whole lot of stuff. God will bankrupt you. to get to one individual if it means that they might be your next door neighbor for eternity yes. you will bankrupt you God cares nothing about your little tired money you already spent it in the wrong places anyway some people don't need they, some people they just never get it to the church but they got a house full of TVs and, and they go shopping and they do this and all type of. all you're just saying is you don't love God in the system and you ain't hurting me I'm telling you all these other guys that tell you you hurt the church you ain't hurting me because it ain't my church Okay? But it's it's where you put your values. And some people, they will, they will, they put their values in stuff that the Bible says is going to disappear. I want to put my money in the souls. That's why next year we'll be moving toward that next year, being able to just take money out there on the street. Guess what other people are going to say? It's a waste of money and it's a waste of this and it's this and it's that and it's this. No, it's not. All I'm doing is, is I'm using this as a tool to take our weapons out there and just plant in the souls, people plant in the souls of people. God can bring the prosperity. I got to show y'all the pictures. I got to really show y'all the pictures of this guy, this Nigerian guy that pastors this Russian church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is the most unreal moving thing. I mean, it's, it's still surreal because Russian people by nature um, are a very serious looking people. They live in a very oppressive society. and So typically Russian people don't carry joy on their face at all. I mean, when you look at the services, you know, and the classes that he's teaching, you see a classroom full of Russian people, and you think somebody just lost their dog because that's just the way that they carry themselves. It's not a Russia is not a joyful place. But it's just amazing to see how, how, and some of you heard this before, how the Lord had to rebuke him and how he went over to Russia, and because of his skin color, he's going to start a Bible study with Africans. I ain't sending you to Russia to minister to no Africans. And the Lord rebuked him. You know, and, and he, so he started and ministered to the Russians. First girl there was, there was named Natasha, who was an alcoholic. And he didn't want those type of people to come. He didn't want those type of people to come. He started, I can't imagine, I would never see myself doing that. He started praying for regular people to join this church. What are regular people? People who have no drama, people who have no issues, people who are not going to drive me crazy when I counsel them, people who are not going to keep me up late at night. People, yeah, I want something that's easy. I don't know what these guys think God asking us to build. He didn't ask us to build a palace. He asked us. To... So he said, the more he prayed that word, the more the Lord sent them: crack addicts, prostitutes, drug dealers. The Bible says the person that has been forgiven of the most sins is the one who loves God the most. And sometimes the reason why you have flaky Christians is because they ain't been through nothing. They can't appreciate what Jesus did because they hadn't been redeemed. I fit that category. I fit that category. I fit that category perfectly. You know, I grew up total opposite. My wife, I mean, my parents, I had great parents. My dad didn't smoke. He didn't drink. Never heard him use profanity. Never heard him, uh, 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 um, f- never saw him physically or uh, verbally. Uh, worst thing I saw my father say to my mother was, I should, it was at the dinner table. I remember it, just like it happened yesterday. He said, I should take this Bible and pop it upside your head. He was mad he mad her. She said, do it. <laughs> and the worst thing I saw my mother do to my dad was, apparently she was getting on his, he was getting on her nerves, and he was just running his mouth, running his mouth, and she did this. <laughs> he just looked at her and then just walked away. It's the worst thing I ever seen. <laughs> Always knew 100. No drugs in my family, no alcohol in my family, and no no children that are nothing. Zero. That's how I grew up. Squeaky clean. Squeaky clean. That's why I considered myself a good sinner when I was out at the nightclub. <laughs> it's stupid. So, But because of how I grew up, guess what sin I had which is worse than all of the other ones? Religious pride which is the, the Bible says Sodom and Gomorrah became a city of all homosexual men and boys because their first sin was pride. It is the first thing on the list of abominations in Scripture. Six things does the Lord hate. Seven are abomination, and I think pride is the first one on the list. If it's not, it's on the list, pride. That because I haven't done this, a girl like this is beneath me. So when I see you out here on the street with your female friend, I'm gonna turn down my nose because that's one of them sinners. See so you smoking a cigarette. Oh yeah, you beneath me. That's how I grew up. So the Lord had to send and then what made it worse is then that one of the ministries that I was a part of was just like that. Which made it even worse. Because now I'm getting a word with that attitude. See? And how, wherever your mind is, that's how you'll see the entire Bible. Okay. If you're carnal, you'll see the entire Bible carnal. If you're religious-minded, you see the entire. And God wants us to see the entire thing. Genesis to Revelation is nothing but the greatest love story ever told. So the Lord had to send me through some stuff to show me that, that, my, that my stuff stank just like everybody else. It just, first thing God did when he called Paul is he told the guy, I want you to go lay hands on Paul and get him healed. He said, because I must show him how many things he must suffer for my sake. Everybody's not called to suffer, but Paul was a squeaky clean man. That's why he bragged about himself later on. You remember that? He said, man, I'm a." remember what Paul said? He said, man, I'm not Hebrew. He said, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. What is a Hebrew of the Hebrews? He said, I've been to the best schools. Listen to what he said. When it comes to the law, blameless. Squeaky clean. So, so that's the reason why when you see Paul later on, in the end of his life, he said, man, I've been homeless. I've been shipwrecked. He said, they didn't kill me three times. Three times they beat me with 39 stripes. He said, man, I had to go get a job. I was making tents while I was preaching. He said, one time I was out there cold, naked, and hungry. So, the ones who grow up squeaky clean, the Lord sends them through that stuff in order to bring their reality back. And the ones who have been through that stuff, He tries to clean them up and they don't have to go through that drama no more. So that they can be what? Equality. So, nobody is above anybody. Nobody is better than anybody. We are all here by the grace of God. And if you're going to heaven, you better be so glad and get your act together because, well, regardless of where you are on the thermometer, you know, if God brought you into this kingdom, uh, you better be grateful and and get your stuff together because uh, this is serious. So, I will put this on the media page because... I have never in my entire life ever heard any church address it. They're too scared. Or they addressed it and I wasn't there. <laughs> but but this is very, very serious because suicides are not going down. They're increasing. And, and there are people right now that are depressed because they think that their son might be in another place when he's actually and, um, and so remember that so you'll need to this one will stay on the media page um, And but you will need to from time to time share this with individuals so that it'll give them peace uh, different things like that it's, it's, it's all wrapped up into God is not trying to... see I grew up that way God is trying to send you to hell he's looking for a reason they're upstairs you know on their throne with a gavel oh Garnett is about to do it he about to do it. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Oh, -oh. I think he's getting ready to do it. Oh, he about to claim one more person on his taxes that does not belong to his household. There it is. Put him in jail. Send him to hell. That's what religion gives you that impression, because how many know that's exactly the way you feel when you mess up? a lesbian called me yesterday. started the conversation. This is getting ready to be the most awkward conversation you ever have. I put it on mute and busted out laughing. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. When she said that, uh, it's, it's obvious you have no idea who I am. You ain't about to tell me nothing. What she was saying is because of the relationship. But this is what the Holy Spirit did. By the end of the conversation, I just want to appreciate you for showing me some love. There's a time where you punch people right in their nose and let the bleed blood just gush all the way down like a mighty river, and then there are times when the Lord will say, don't say nothing just give them love because you are not the one that brings the increase and you are not the one that's going to bring them into salvation. But I need you to sow some love on the inside of them so that when the next Christian comes along, they'll start saying, man, these Christians might be all right because they show me love. We got enough judgment sword bearers right now. We got enough of them. And there are times you do have to judge. When the Lord judges you on this side, it's only because that's the only thing that can save you. So I think that's very important. So I want you to pray, of course, for the family. Pray for the people that are involved in these things. And you understand why, I think you understand why I read that letter. How many know that 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 shifts your perspective on a mini, you know, I don't know how a person can handle that. I just don't know. I try to put myself in a person's shoes. I couldn't do it. And I'm a very strong man. I, I did emotionally. I did my own mom's. Uh, service and didn't cry tears still haven't today. There are some things though that you can't hold it back because the spirit of God's emotion comes through. You have to be careful about anger because it'll you can, you know, people people who are spending time in prayer will talk about how they're just weeping and it's not even them crying, it's the Holy Spirit crying through them because he's looking at men and women go down the wrong path and destroy their lives. And in 10 years, they will wish they have never even met that individual or met, went to that place or went through this situation. It's not until time passed. I'll say this last thing, then we'll pray. The right decision many a time looks like is wrong. And the wrong decision many a time looks like it's right. Only way for you to know the difference is the decision that you're making, can you line it up with the B I B L A? because the decisions that feel really good right now have a bad habit of bringing you horrific depression in the future and the decisions that require you to be alone and, 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 and sacrifice now end up bringing the great amount of greatest amount of blessing. you know so this is this is very serious so I know it was very simple it was very serious but you know I mean you know. you can't preach everything you gotta sometimes you can't teach some stuff some stuff you just gotta share. But I know this full experience has made a... I told the family, I said, this experience has made a mark, as Crystal Dollar says, on my heart that just can't be erased. It, is, it has really shown me even more the importance of smiling at people when you see them at the food, okay? Uh, smile, speaking to people, smiling at people, different things like that, showing love, opening up a door, because uh, that might, you might be the individual that, that that they come back to when they are really going through. And when I tell you that this world is really, 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 really going through. So, so I'm excited about that. We'll be starting the School of Evangelism in October instead of January. And uh, I'll give you more info about that. So go ahead and stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead and just lift your hands. Give God thanks and praise and Begin to ask God to give you more grace, to love the seemingly unlovable, to love those family members that have gotten on your nerves. Thank you, O Lord Jesus. Come on, open up your mouth, give God thanks and praise, and thank you, O Father God. We bless and honor your holy name, O God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, O Father. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name.